It's good to see you. Well, good morning, young disciples. We are excited today because today we're going to be talking about this verse from the Bible. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And Pastor Carl and I are going to give you something, not for you to keep, but for you to learn the truth of this verse. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So we're going to give you something, not a $1 bill, but a $2 bill. So Pastor Carl's going to give them to you, or I am. Here you go. Here you go. A $2 bill. A two, here you go. Here you go. And we've got some extras for the adults, too, if you want to get in on the fun. Okay, here you go. There you go. All right, so here's the assignment, okay? I want you to think about somebody that needs that money more than you do, and you can give it to them. Now, if you can't think of any ideas, you can talk to your parents. Homeless people, that's right. And what you're going to experience is when you give money away, you get something back. You know what you get? Joy. Deep inside. The kind of... Okay, what is it? What is it? What can you do? Yes, you can, but that's not what you're going to do with the $2 bill. You could buy something, but the point is you want to give it away. Now, you can put it in the basket. You, you, well, but that's not the assignment, okay? So now, this is it. This is what we're all struggling with this today. I'm going to talk about this with your moms and dads. Today, the, the job. Now, if you do this, what God's promise is, you will receive far more than you give. So think about that, and I'm going to pray for you as you go. Let's pray. God, thank you for each of our young disciples, for each one here and those that are uh, out on enjoying spring break this week. And we pray that you would bless them and you would help them understand the truth of this passage from Scripture. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can go back and sit with your folks and we'll get started. <laughs> okay. Well, good morning, Grace Commons. Welcome to all of you and welcome to all of you who are worshiping with us online today. Well, over the past couple of weeks, uh, we've been looking at uh, Old Testament passages, Moses telling the story of God's faithfulness to Israel. We looked at God's covenant promise and his faithfulness to Abraham and Sarah, and the theme is consistent. God, the creator and redeemer, is also the sustainer. He's made an unbreakable commitment to be faithful to his people. And if we can't get that truth deep in our heart, 
then the rest of what I'm going to say today will make no sense whatsoever. Now, many times I've heard a version of this sentence over the last 40 years of ministry. If I had extra money, I'd give it to God. But if I have just enough to support myself and my family, or this one, if I had extra time, I'd give it to God, but every minute seems to be taken up with my job, my family, and my hobbies. Or this one, if I had a talent, I'd give it to God, but I don't have a beautiful voice. I have no special skills. I've never been able to lead a group. I can't think cleverly or quickly the way I would like to. So let's talk about each of these three objections and imagine that they weren't made to me, but directly to God. And imagine, if you will, this scenario. God graciously decides to give someone money and time and amazing talents. And then God waits and waits some more. And finally, God's incredible patience comes to an end. And God takes all those things back, the money, the time, and the talent. And after a while, the person sighs and said, if only I had some of that money back, I'd give it to God. If only I had some of that time, I'd give it to God. If only I could rediscover my unique talent, I'd give it to God. And then sadly, the person tells his friends, you know, I'm not sure I believe in God anymore. Well, today we're going to look at a passage from Paul's letter to the Corinthians from chapter 9, verses 6 to 5. But let's pray together as we begin. God, we thank you for your word, for, the, for its power, for the way that it reveals you, our generous, loving joyful God, our sustainer and redeemer and our creator. And now, Lord, by your spirit, we pray that you would open your word, help us to learn from it and to apply it to our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here are these words from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you could be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. 
Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. God is our provider. He gives us our daily bread. He gives us the gifts that he does so that we can serve others. And we know from Genesis 22 that God's name, his very name, is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And on this, to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And Paul picks up this idea with the Philippians. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now this is so clear in the Bible. But many people today, even in the church, do not see God as the one who provides. They see God as the one who takes, or they simply try to ignore God altogether. So let me ask you, is it God's fault when we don't use what God has provided or give to others what God has given to us? You see, from Genesis to Revelation, God has a clear message. I want you to have the joy of giving the way I have the joy of giving. I want you to be partners with me in my absolute generosity to the world. I want you to be what the Bible calls stewards of the resources that I give you. A Christian steward believes that everything they have is a gift from God. And they're powerfully motivated to use what they've been given to advance the kingdom of God in the world. So Christian stewardship is everything we do after we say the words, I believe. It's more than just giving away time or money or talent. It's ordering our entire lives around our citizenship in the kingdom of God. Paul explains this using this analogy of a sower. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Put it in modern language, a cheap giver will be a cheap receiver, and a generous giver will be a generous receiver. Paul uses this very common, well-understood in his culture illustration of a farmer. See, a farmer's harvest is completely dependent on what they sow. If you don't sow, there's nothing to reap. Of course, you need rain and sunshine and hopefully not too much rain or too much sunshine, but without the seed, there's no crop. And the seed that you deposit in the ground is like an investment made in faithful expectation of reaping something much more significant. Now we're gonna watch a clip from a, a film from when I was much younger, 1997, 
National Lampoon comedy, Vegas Vacation. And I'll set the scene up for you. Chevy Chase is sitting at a, at a bar with his cousin, cousin Eddie, played by Randy Quaid. And what's just happened is that he's, Chevy Chase has just lost all his money gambling in a casino. And he doesn't know what to do. So let's watch. Yeah, I got money buried all over this yard. 
Okay, well, you get the point. See, Eddie had prepared for a rainy day. And when, after he got through that reluctance to give, with his eye rolling, he was able to be generous to his cousin, Clark Griswold, played by Chevy Chase. The message is, of course, farcical. But it's clear, Eddie didn't have a lot to give, but he gave it freely and willingly. He showed grace to Clark in Clark's great need. Now, let's be clear, Paul is not promising that when you give generously, you will have a one-to-one -one correspondence. You will get it all back and even more. Your problems will be eliminated. That's called the health and wealth gospel. But he is saying two clear things, two kingdom principles. First, when you give generously to fund kingdom ministry from a sincere heart, God gives you his blessing. And a blessing is the God-given capacity to experience, enjoy, and share the goodness of God. God will bless you with his presence. He'll bless you with the ability to use what he provides to you. Paul says it this way, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now that word translated cheerful, that's an anemic word, cheerful. A much better word is hilarious. God wants us to be hilarious. Now you saw, well you didn't see, but I saw the faces of the children when they got that $2 bill. They were wide-eyed, but they were thinking, oh, what can I do with this money? But what happens when we let go and allow God to help us be generous with others is that we become hilarious in our giving. I told you a couple of weeks ago about my friend Larry. He is a hilarious giver. It started by giving away a percentage of his giving, but now in his 80s, he's saying to his kids, I've got this money in this IRA, should, should I keep it for your inheritance? And they're saying, no, you're having so much fun giving, give it while you're still alive. It's a hilarious, joyful activity to be truly freed up as a Christian steward. But we have to have, go back to the fact that God will provide all our needs. Psalm 24 says this, the earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. That's everything that we think we own. It's God's. We are merely stewards of it. Christian giving should therefore be a joy and not a job. 
Many years ago when Bob Erder was here, uh, he said, he used to say this when he would give a stewardship sermon. Don't give until it hurts. Give until it feels good. Give until you start feeling joy. That was his point, and that's what Paul is saying. See, being a steward is fun. You get to invest the resources that God has given you in building the kingdom of God. You get to order your life around the word of God, and so your money and your talents and your abilities can be used to serve others. That's what verse 8 is saying. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you can abound in every good work. So God's grace is central to stewardship and generosity. In fact, the word here in Greek that the NIV translates abundantly actually is better translated super abundantly. We're able to give super abundantly beyond anything we could ask or imagine because God has blessed us so richly with everything we need. But when we're reluctant to give, we are restricting the flow of grace. Now, God will always continue to give. He cannot not give. It is his nature to be generous. But we can so easily be the bottlenecks. So if we're reluctant to receive God's gifts or we're overly frugal with what God has given us, we're limiting God's grace in our lives. But when we give cheerfully and generously, God multiplies our resources. So let's go back to that analogy of farmers. Farmers sow seeds and they take care of what they planted. They weed, they water, they take care, they fertilize. And so when the harvest time comes, all that work will result in a superabundant harvest. Verse 10 says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. It doesn't make sense except in the upside-down kingdom. I have shown Carrie on a spreadsheet that every dollar that we give to the ministry of the kingdom is no longer going into our retirement account. And I've explained to her that could be a problem. And she says, but we just give. We just give. So she has been my mentor and disciple. I want to hold on to it. But she says, no, give it away. And I say, but it doesn't make sense. Look at the spreadsheet. Talk to our financial advisor. But in God's kingdom, his upside-down kingdom, when we give, God promises to abundantly continue to give to us. God provides the seed and the bread. God is the source of what is planted and also the source of the harvest. And when we understand this, that God is the source, it results in great thanksgiving in our life. Last summer, I told you what happened to me at, at the market. Somebody in, in line in front of me had her credit card rejected, her debit card. And so I saw this, and I looked at the checker, and part of me was, didn't want to wait all day while they worked this out, but part of me just wanted the joy of giving. I said, put it on my tab. I felt great. 
I'll never get that money back unless this word from 2 Corinthians is true. God will provide all our needs super abundantly. Our thankfulness changes us from the inside out and we express it through praise. So sowing and reaping, being a steward and a giver is all about entering into partnership with God in ministry. It's being God's steward to help supply the needs of the saints. It's expressing thankfulness to God with the goal that both the giver and the receiver obtain the blessing of God. Verses 12 to 14 say, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. You see, a steward becomes a willing conduit of God's grace to the world through the ministry of the church. We give our time and our energy, our talents and our money, and then we receive incredible grace. Here's the second principle of the upside down kingdom. It's called the charis circle. Charis is the Greek word which, which we translate grace. When we serve as a steward, when we give cheerfully, joyously, hilariously, to the people that receive those gifts will glorify God and pray for our continued faithful service. Our cheerful contributions result in a superabundance of grace and blessing. It's the charis circle. And those who refuse to give or who give reluctantly break that circle of blessing. And we cut ourselves out from the joy that we can receive by being in God's circle. Amy Carmichael put it this way, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Paul says in verse 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And there's no other word to describe the greatness of God's grace. The kind of grace that we need, that we want working in our lives. So don't break the charis circle. Don't cut yourself off from God's blessing. Live as a steward who cheerfully gives, knowing that whatever you do, in word or in deed, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Biblical stewardship is finally a countercultural, upside down way of thinking. Because our society, our culture is constantly telling us to hold on to our money or to spend it on ourselves. But acting as a steward helps us understand every day that we already have more than we need. So the challenge is to put our faith in God who will provide for our future and put our stewardship, our faith into action. God's 
word to us is an invitation to live with joy and gratitude for the blessings we've received. Jesus invites us to come into his circle of grace. It's the greatest invitation that we'll ever receive. So receive it with joy and gratitude and live your life as a gift to others. Practice this this afternoon. Go out and do something. I've got some $2 bills if you'd like some help. And learn the joy of giving. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your indescribable grace. For the joy that we can receive by entering into this circle with you. And so we pray, Lord, that we would not be reluctant givers, but cheerful, hilarious givers, full of joy, experiencing your superabundant blessings every day of our lives. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.